Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead, according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, which is imprisonment. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, then we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, then also will he deny us. And if we believe him not, yet will he abide faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they should strive not about words to no profit, but rather to the subverting of the hearers. So study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 7 through 15. Yes, I know reading the context of this passage can leave one scratching their head, yet it ends with the commandment to study the word for yourself that you might be able to rightly divide the word of truth that is given to you. So let us do exactly that. Paul says in this passage that for the elect's sake, he is willing to suffer much persecution and hardship that they might receive salvation. The word elect means chosen, which causes us to question if they are chosen, then why must Paul suffer that they might have the opportunity to receive salvation? Chosen seems like such a sure word, yet only a few sentences down do we see many ifs, which are conditions. If we are willing to suffer, then we will reign with him. If we deny him, then he will deny us. So which is it? Are they chosen or do they choose? For that answer, we must study to show ourselves approved. The first elect or chosen of God in the scriptures was Israel as a whole, the nation. God had redeemed them from the bondage of Egypt, called them out into a wilderness to be trained, purged, and sanctified of the mindsets of Egypt. Then those who remained of them, he chose to be a national priesthood whose job it was to teach the rest of the world about God and redeem his lost children from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Though they were the chosen priesthood, they were not meant to be God's only children. They were meant to go out and bring others into the kingdom. It was an evangelistic calling. We read of it in Exodus chapter 19, verses 4 through 6, where it says, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, 
and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my commandments, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. They were the ones elected or chosen by God to bring others unto salvation, the knowledge of the Father and his plan of redemption. Sometimes they thrived at this, but more often than not, they failed miserably at it. The main reason that they failed this mission was because that they began to see their election as something that made them better than others rather than a servant to others. They began to think that they could not lose their sonship and that others could not gain it because that they were chosen, which was exactly the opposite of the purpose of it. They became prideful, arrogant, self-focused, even while they themselves fell back into bondage unto the enemy, they refused to see the reality that God was displeased with this. So he sends Jesus, his own son, to fulfill the role of this election. Jesus, the only one that was ever guaranteed a calling, the only one ever worthy of eternal life and resurrection, the only one that was chosen from before the foundations of the world, Christ, which literally means the chosen one or the elect. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1, we read God's very words speaking a messianic prophecy when he said, Behold my servant, speaking of Jesus, whom I, God, uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. And we see that even Jesus' enemies understood that he was meant to be the fulfillment of this prophecy in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, where it says, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. They said this because that they understood that the very title given unto him as the Christ literally meant that he was the elect prophesied. In the Old Testament, the chosen one that God was sending. Okay, so things either just got really interesting for you or infinitely more confusing. If Jesus is the elect, then why did Paul have to suffer to bring the gospel to the elect? Why did they have to choose to receive or deny once he did if they were chosen? And why did God himself say that everyone has the opportunity to be saved if they believe in his son, Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked, because the answer is in the questions. 
Remember that the chosen or elect were a priesthood meant to bring the whole world into the family of God. They failed because of selfishness, unbelief, disobedience, and pride. They liked being chosen, and they liked leaving others feeling like they were stuck outside, and in doing so, forfeited the whole purpose of the mission. So then that where the first elect failed, Jesus steps in as the new election, the Christ, the high priest of a new priesthood, one that would succeed in bringing the lost children back into the kingdom of God from every tribe, tongue, and nation. How would he accomplish this? By releasing his spirit into the world that all those who would believe and receive him into them would then become the election also, carriers of his presence and his message of redemption priest of a whole new priesthood, no more claims to partiality of God's grace, whomsoever will believe him shall be saved. In John chapter 1 verse 12, he says it so clearly, but as many as received him, speaking of Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even unto them that believe on his name. No one is exempt from the opportunity to be saved. And not only saved, but once saved from the bondage of our spiritual Egypt, do we follow the leading of his Holy Spirit into our own personal wilderness where some things are stripped off through the process of sanctification and we leave the mindsets of Egypt behind and we are prepared to become priests and kings. His new election, part of a priesthood that is sent out into all the world to bring others into salvation by the knowledge of what Jesus did on Calvary. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 says this, but ye are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. This is spoken unto many people, even unto the Gentiles. This is spoken to everyone who has received him who is the election into them. They have the purpose that was first given to Israel, the first election. We are adopted into the family, into the root of David. We receive the same blessing and commission that God desired to be fulfilled from the beginning, to go out into all the world and teach them of God. That's why the commission that Jesus gave us before he ascended was to go out into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them whatsoever things he has taught us. What is written in the scripture, the red-lettered words of Jesus, he has made a way for us. It says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who God hath called out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. 
God, we thank you for this today. We give you praise that you, Christ, the chosen one, the one who God himself said is my elect, made a way to come out of the temple, out of Jerusalem, into the uttermost parts of the world to allow us to be forgiven of our sins and trespasses, to lay down who we used to be, to be crucified with you, you taking our sins upon that tree and nailing it to the cross, giving us your righteousness that we might be cleansed by your blood and receive of your spirit, that once you come and dwell within us, that which is chosen, the election, now is within those who have not rejected it because you have called all men unto salvation. You chose us and we love you because you first loved us. You chose all of us. Which brings us back to the opening passage where Paul said he was willing to suffer to bring this truth out there to the elect that they might be saved and come in to this purpose. Yet he leaves a warning that if you deny him, he will deny you. If we deny him to come in and dwell within us and use us for his glory to be those priests in the earth to spread the truth, the love, and the message of Jesus, then on the day of judgment, he will deny us access to the kingdom. Lord, we're not worthy of what you did to redeem us, but we are grateful and will ever praise you for it. Here I am, Lord. Send us and use us for your glory. And in closing, God left us with this dire warning in Romans chapter 11, verse 20. He said that it was because of unbelief that the first elect were broken off of the family tree and that we were grafted in because of our faith in him and who he is and the call that he has given to this commission. He says, so therefore be not high-minded in your position, but rather be cautious and reverence it. Verse 21, for if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fail severity. But towards us right now, his goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off also. But yet likewise also they who had been cut off, if they continue not in their unbelief, they shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and wert grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye yourselves should be wise in your own concepts, which was the mistake that the first elect made. That blindness, in part, has only happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. We were called and filled with his spirit for a purpose. Choose today to surrender to it. Say, Lord, use me. Choose me. You who are the elect, fill and indwell me and send me out into all the world to bring the Gentiles unto repentance and eventually end up back in Jerusalem, preaching the truth 
to the original branches. This mission, this commission, will eventually end exactly where you began it. And that day is drawing ever near. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.